Here we uncover the traditions that are working for successful parents. For the parents who are ready to do things differently but aren't sure how, go to wandahoward.com and download my free blueprint. It will help you create the difference you've been looking for and enable your kids to be emotionally healthy and confident throughout their lives. Now is the time to start doing things differently. Welcome back, everybody, to the Successful Parents Podcast. I'm your host, Wanda Howard. Today, we have with us William Harris. It has been a long time coming. I've been waiting and excited for him to join us today. So welcome, William. Yeah, thank you very much. It's good to be here. So I want to introduce you a little bit before we get into our conversation. Everybody, William is the founder and CEO of Element. It's very, very amazing marketing um, e-commerce growth business. He has helped so many and his business is growing so fast. He actually recently just was awarded. Tell us again. Tell me again. I forget the exact title that it was. Yeah. Uh, Inc. Midwestern, um, one of the top fastest growing uh, for Inc. Magazine Midwest. So they have the Inc. 5000, uh, which comes out later in the year. Uh, in the beginning of the year, they usually have like the Inc. Regionals. So there's Inc. Midwest and, you know, Inc. You know, Pacific and all those different ones. And so we were, um, I believe, the fastest growing agency in Minnesota fourth fastest growing company in Minnesota, um, and I think 48th fastest growing company in all of the Midwest, which I, I don't remember all the states that they used to comprise that, but. That's so cool. And um, just last year, you were also awarded the 12th fastest growing in any agency in the world. Yeah, in correct? the world. Yeah, yeah, that was by Adweek. And so Adweek is a really good publication for advertisers specifically. Ah, well, those are huge, huge accomplishments. And one of the reasons why this is so much more exciting to me is not only were you able to achieve those accomplishments, but you did it while being an amazing father too. So that's what we're going to dive into is how to have these kinds of successful growth and just really being able to exponentially grow your business so quickly and still stay active in your family and in your home and in your life. So um, tell us a little bit more about why you went into e-commerce like what is it about this business that turns that fulfillment on in you so that we can understand um how that complements your family life as well so uh one of the things that i love about e-commerce uh in general there's two two big things uh one i'm adhd diagnosed right uh and i just appreciate the idea that it allows me to uh, work on multiple different types of businesses versus having to focus just on one specific uh thing um, but then also it allows me to uh, get immediate feedback on data, right? And that's one of the things that it's like, hey, it's like, I want to know like immediately. And so with e-commerce, a lot of other businesses, you know, maybe you get the lead and it's like, maybe the lead closes like 30 days from now. And so then it's like trying to tie that back to attribution. And you're just like, I guess it's it's like, ah, I, I don't like that, right? But e-commerce for the most part, like it's a lot faster. We've got that immediate data, the API sending back exactly who this was that made the purchase of when they made the purchase. And so we can use that to really, understand a lot of what we're doing and how to optimize that. And so we use that to optimize around profit, which is like a completely um, new thing that a lot of people are doing uh, within agencies that I think that we we pretty much pioneered. I don't know any other agencies that really started doing it when we did it. Um, and then the other part of this, though, uh, the other thing that I really like about e-commerce is it's still a very new field. And so I think a lot of people don't realize just how small it is compared to where it's going to go. And, and, and I'm just going to put you on the spot here and ask you, if if, if you had to guess how big, uh, how much of the total retail sales does e-commerce take up? What would you think would be an intuitive guess? You and, and everybody else, this doesn't have to be your guess, but like, what would people say if you just ask the everyday person? Of of how, a business personally or from like- Of of 
of all United States retail sales, what percentage uh, does e-commerce take up of all of the retail sales? Oh, man. Yeah, you are putting me on the spot. I have no idea. Uh, I'm going to say somewhere around 56%. That's a that's a very good guess. Um, and I've heard people like that are in e-commerce say things like, oh, maybe 80% or something, right? It's like, because we're... Uh, let's say we're just very accustomed to buying a lot of stuff online. And so we think that it must make up a massive amount of it. It's about 15% right now. That's a very, very low number compared to, I think China is closer to almost like that 80% um, amount. And so when you think about where we're at for that, um, it it means that just being in this space uh, gives us the opportunity to grow significantly for years to come, which is a very exciting thing too. Yeah, that is exciting. And that's a great way to look at it too, because I know many people might see that as a a signal of get out of this, like this is not going to work. But the fact that that is your mindset and that you can see the opportunities there, it only shows how much faster and how much bigger this is going to keep going and scaling. So that's incredible. So what was it like, where was your family life when you were starting to grow this business? Were you married? Did you have kids or what was that like? Yeah. Um, So, okay. So we had, uh, I want to say at the time, we had uh, one daughter who was about three and one who had just been born. Um, she was, well, no, I'm sorry. Uh, I got to fast forward a little bit more than when this officially went uh, full time. Uh, it would have been, my oldest daughter would have been about seven. And then I think we had, uh, so, so six, four, and then middle daughter would have been about uh, three, four, three, yeah, about three. And then the youngest one was just born, um, literally just born. Um, and I remember because we had actually just bought a house uh, at the same time uh, when it was a fixer upper, uh, about 250 years old. It's, it's 253 years old this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it needed a lot of work. Um, and so we, we got, you know, new baby, completely new job, just just went out, like left, left my, a full time job. And now I'm, you know, on my own. Uh, and uh, we've got a, uh, you know, n- new baby. And we've got um, our first one was starting kindergarten that same year. And we've got, uh, you know, this this new business so it, it, in this new house that needs a lot of work. And so it was just like, a, what are we doing? We're crazy, right? My wife and I. <laughs> I love it. It's it's uh, boring to not be crazy. I've decided it, it might as well just embrace it. <laughs> uh, it reminds me of one of the things that I try to say to myself as well as to my, my kids and everything too, which is um, you don't remember uh, the day that everything went exactly according to plan. You have no recollection of that whatsoever. If I said, hey, you remember Tuesday three years ago when everything was exactly the way you said it was going to be? You have no clue what that was. But you remember the day that you got lost. You remember the day that like, you know, you got splashed by a puddle or whatever, whatever happened. You remember those things. And so what's interesting is we could look at this and say, like, you know, uh, a lot of happiness is based on just having memories at all of anything. And so if we can take every memory that we have and try to see, well, what was the good part of that memory? What was the good part of getting lost? Well, because we were lost and we stopped at this restaurant. Uh, this hole in the wall and it was absolutely, you know, magical or whatever. Right. But like trying to figure out like, how can we take that uh, and and look at the the good part of each one of those things? Yeah. And then you definitely do remember those sweet and precious moments because they were accompanied by those. You got to find the good thing in in the midst of all of it. Right. So um, one of the things that you put on the form coming onto my podcast that I loved and I want to dive in more is the question is if this podcast were a masterclass, what would you call it? And the title you gave it was going to church on Sunday. And I wanted to dive in more on that because I feel like there's more of a story of how that specifically has helped you balance family life and 
business. So can you tell us more about that? Yeah. So there's a lot to unpack there, right? Um, that's where it's like, boy, if this is a masterclass. One of the things that I think I really like about this is um, there's a book by uh, Jordan Peterson called 12, 12 Rules for Life. Um, and he talks about just finding those small wins. Uh, oftentimes, just even the idea of you know creating some kind of order out of any kind of chaos. Um, and I think one of the things that he talks about is um, making your bed. Like literally just making your bed can make a big difference in your day. It's like, well, I did that. Like I've accomplished that. That's one thing now that is not chaotic. It is, it is in order. Um, and I think that we can appreciate that. And, and when I think about the idea of go to church on Sunday, it's the idea of um, it's intentional time together as a family um, where we are going to do this as a family. Um, it is intentional time towards what I believe is the ultimate core purpose of who we are as human beings, being able to connect with God, the creator, um, and who I find my self-worth in, or at least I do my best to try to find it there. I, I, I wouldn't say that I succeed at that all the time. Um, and then uh, it's that idea of uh, community as well with other other like-minded people who are who are believers because we we need community. And I think that that's something that's become very difficult to find as much uh, in the modern world. And, you know, maybe I'm going to start sounding like the old guy here now, right? I'm, I'm 38. So I, I don't think of myself as that old, but uh, I don't know. Oh, you're still old. young. <laughs> yeah. But in college, I remember, I remember there was this uh, guy when I was in college um, and I think he was 30. Um, and I just remember thinking, it's like, man, he's so old. <laughs> he's got nose hairs and stuff. Right. And just like this like thing that you're, but so, so, but the idea though, of, of this being one of those things where it's like hard to find community. Um, I think that we, we find community or, or pseudo communities online very easily, but it's not the same thing as being in, in a, an actual relationship with somebody. And, and when you think about, let's even say politics, um, it's very easy to completely uh, just shred somebody online for believing something differently than you do. But it's very difficult to do that same thing in person to somebody, even if you don't like that person that much, it's still very hard to be that vicious to somebody into their face. And so I think that idea of being able to have community and being able to like, iron sharpens iron to be able to like actually be in community with people who you don't agree with um uh, is, is a really important thing um but also who you do agree with and just having that that back and forth balance so anyways i think there's a lot there um we had actually taken um a break from church uh years ago um i i did a lot with leading some praise and worship back at, at a church in ohio um and i can remember being asked that they were starting a new church uh and they said uh we don't, we don't want the music to be so worldly, basically, right? It's kind of what they said, but we also don't want it to be so gospel-y either, right? So like, we have to find that middle road. And, um, you know, kind of what I just heard was it's like, ah, oh, we don't want to be hot. We don't want to be cold. We want to be lukewarm. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. I need a break from this. I, I maybe got too close to the political side of, of some churches and, and that there's a part of that that happens. And so we took a break. We did um, this study called Ray Vanderlaan, uh, Follow the Rabbi, really, really cool study. Um, video series, um, my wife and I then uh, at the time. And um, I just remember that it's like, it, it wasn't the same, right? And and it's very easy to uh, get into the wrong habits, the wrong ruts, the wrong thinking, the wrong whatever, uh, when you're not surrounded by a, a, another body of believing uh, Christians, even if you're still doing a lot of these things or going to church, you know, online or whatever that might be. And so um there's a lot more we can unpack there with the idea of going to church on Sunday, but uh, I don't, I don't want to go too far down that rabbit trail right now either. Oh, well, that was beautifully put though. I really, really appreciate just that insight of knowing and valuing 
the communities because there are so many online communities right now. And I remember when Facebook first became a thing and thinking, this is so weird. Why would we do this? And then it took over. And then when groups started happening and there's so many different kinds of hangout groups and for businesses as well. And, and when that started happening, I was like, this is never going to take off. This is never going to catch on. And now that's where people are spending all their time. But just like you said, it takes that human aspect out of it. And it's a lot easier to not be who we actually want to be. And so when we do show up in a consistent place like church with people that have those high values that we share, it really does help ground us. So that is beautifully put. And what a great gift to give to your kids. Um, One of the thoughts that I've heard a lot of people say too, as far as it goes to church is like, well, I don't want to indoctrinate my kids and I want them to be thinking for themselves. And my thought always is as a parent, whatever you are doing, whatever you spend your time, that is what your kids are going to be indoctrinated with, so to speak. And they will have the ability to choose for themselves regardless. So you can either indoctrinate them by not going to church or indoctrinate them by going to church, but they they are still a perfectly, amazingly capable human being that can decide for themselves. Like it's not, it's not something that you're forcing on them. So I think that's beautiful. Yeah. And I, I, I always appreciate that uh, when people say that too, that idea of like, oh, we, we want to let just, just let them decide for themselves. And it's like, well, are you going to let your kid decide for themselves if it's a good idea to cross the road or not? <laughs> if you believe something to be true, you at least want to give them your best guess uh, at to what you think is the right uh, way to live a life. And, you know, is going to lead towards the most success and happiness for them. And um, that's fine if, if they end up choosing a different path at a later point, you know, they're allowed to choose that at a later point in time, but um, until they have any kind of reasoning abilities, it's not a bad idea for you to at least pass on what has at least to a point been successful um, over, you know, thousands and thousands of years have, have passed down traditions that have have at least stood the test of the time. And there's a lot of things that could be improved upon them, but but humanity has survived and has found ways of at least being able to do some pretty impressive things. And again, plenty of ways for us to improve. But if we look at, you know, the span of human history over the last thousands of years and where we're at right now versus where we were thousands of years ago, I think most of us would argue that, you know, overall uh, everyday life has improved to a significant amount. Um, and so being able to take what we've learned from that and at least giving them that guidance, I think is not giving them that is, is just foolishness. Um, yeah. At least giving them your best guess as to what you think is is the most helpful. Yeah, I agree. And I love how you said giving them your best guess to success, because that really goes back to what you said in the beginning of this community idea, because success in of itself is what helps you feel more capable, what helps you wake up in the morning and feel fulfilled and and have joy in this life. So the fact that you're giving your child a tool that has helped you to feel that fulfillment in your own life that is a tool that they can use for success. Like that is so beautiful. Um, so now your family is growing, your business is taking off and making huge strides forward. So what does that look like on a daily basis? Like walk us through your daily routine of how do you balance things? What is what does life look like for you right now? Yeah. Um, and I'm gonna say that there are there are ebbs and flows to everything. Um, right. And so Definitely. there are there are good days, bad days, good months, bad months, good years, bad years. Um, I'm not at the point where I'm talking in decades, but there's probably good decades and bad decades as well. <laughs> um I, I would say uh, you know, the 
when it's when it's in a good spot, uh, one of the ways that I would like to think that the, the way that we pr- pretty much are is uh, our kids like to wake up, like to get my workout in. Um, typically end up uh, at that point in time making breakfast and I, I, I like to make eggs and stuff like that for breakfast. So it's always nice to have like a nice warm breakfast. Um, sometimes kids want it. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes they want cereal and sometimes they like to change it up. Uh, but uh, then they're they're getting up, they're getting ready for their school day. Um, and then uh, we usually typically would go out. Uh, so we, there's a barn on our property. It's a 150 year old barn. Again, we kind of fixed it up. My wife actually did all of the work on that um, with, with oh, some contractors, so cool. but she did an amazing amount of the work. Um, and so it's really fun. So they can actually go out and wait for the bus there. Um, and uh, what I typically like to do is I like to go through with them uh, outside there and kiss them all and say, you know, okay, you know, you're gonna have a good day today and remind them they, they are I like to pray with them in the morning to just kind of set their mind uh, on the right path. Um, and then uh, I like to oftentimes say like um, just some like morning affirmations with them as well. And so I, I would lump this in with prayer, but I think sometimes it's, it's, it's okay to have it separate where it's like, I want them to repeat after me that it's like, no, hey, I'm going to have a good day. Okay, let's say it. We're going to have a good day, right? And it's like just things like that that just remind them that it's like, look, even though things are going to uh, be tough, you might have bad days and things like that. It's like just reminding yourself that it's like you, there's a lot of power in what we say. And again, going back to my belief system, I believe that uh, God spoke the world into existence and I think yes! there's an incredible amount of power in words and and he has in, in, in do, in, imbued that with us here as well. And so there's a lot of power in the words that we speak as well. Um, and so even just for, for our brains to hear it, our brains have to form the words. So it's like when I have them repeat this, it's like their, their brain has to form the words, you know, muscles, and it has to hear this. And so they're they're going to hear it. They're going to say it. And I think there's something that kind of almost almost tricks the brain into saying it is a good day, even if it felt like it wasn't. So that's the big beginning part of it. And then it's like, then I'm, I'm working here from home uh, uh, with my wife here. And uh, so I've got my little office set up here and I usually close the door. So that way I'm on phone calls. I'm not kind of too distracting to her. And um, and then, uh, kids come home and I, and I work and I just, I just work pretty, pretty, uh, strictly with during that period of time. And then the kids come home, they get off the bus. Um, and I'm, I'm usually still working by the time that they get off the bus. And so, uh, my wife usually has like a snack for them or, or some kind of way where, you know, she's just kind of helping to greet them from, you know, likely the long stress that they have. And unfortunately she's the one who kind of gets like vomited on with all of the stuff that's stressed them out throughout the day. <laughs> Um, and then I just get to come out after they've already gotten that all off their chests, unfortunately. Um, but, uh, and, and then, uh, we typically have uh, dinner together as a family. Um, and then, uh, there's usually at some point in time, it's like running one kid to basketball, running another to cheer. Then we're, you know, running somebody over to a WANA or youth group and then picking them back up and, uh, and, and you know, all the craziness there. And then, uh, and then bedtime routine and bedtime routine, um, you know, in an ideal world is making sure that we just, again, uh, say prayers with our girls before bedtime and, talk to them a little about, about their day. It's always funny how um, kids might have absolutely nothing to say about their day uh, at dinner or throughout the day. And then, you know, nighttime when they're supposed to be asleep, they have, you know, a billion words that they need to get off their chest. And they're just ready <laughs> to talk to you about everything and ask every question possible. So it is so true. Something about as soon as your head hits a horizontal position, it's like words just flow freely. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. And so, but I want to, I want to clarify for all of the parents who are on uh, listening to this as well. That's like, that's what it's on a good day, um, you know, in, in, a, in a good week or whatever. And it's like, you know, we have other, other times and, and I'd say right now we're in one of these very, very busy moments of the business where it's like, I'm, I, I get up and I'm in, I'm in the office before they even get off to the bus. And so I, I, I don't even think I even got a chance to say goodbye to them before they went on the bus. And, uh, and then uh, I, I probably won't catch them when they're on, you know, on the bus or when they get off the bus here as well. And, 
Uh, one of them is going to babysit um, uh, tonight, uh, and then the other one has a sleepover at her grandma's house, and and so I'm, I'm going to take the the other one to cheer. And so it's like I'm not going to see them at all, really, basically today, right? And so it's like, oh, there's there's good days and there's bad days, and just trying to figure out how do you how do you weigh all of that and just look at you know um, the idea of like you know over time, uh, are you, are you moving towards the right direction over a period of time versus uh, on a day to day basis? Well, I really appreciate you being open with that because it's so true. It's so easy to share the good days and the good wins, but it's so true. There are those ebbs and flows of this day looks a lot different than the other good day that we had, but it's still, if it's part of what enables you to have those good days, then you can, you can feel fulfilled in it. You can pat yourself on the back and you can keep moving forward. So thank you so much for sharing that with us. I also really loved what you said about the words that we say. And it's just like how God created the world. That is something that I preach over and over and over so much of the words we say are a way of creation. If you want to create a good life, create the words first, and then it will follow. Like it's, that was so beautifully put. So I love it. If you, if you, so I I like math and logic and, and, and everything. And so if you, if you trace this back even further, right, the Bible. So, so the words we say have significant power. Where the words come from? Well, the Bible says that out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Okay. So what's in my heart is what I'm going to say. Well, let's go back to where do I get the heart? Well, the Bible says that, you know, if you seek first the kingdom of God, he will give you the desires of your heart. Right. And I believe that like when he's talking about this, he's not talking about, he's going to give you the Lamborghini. (laughs) If you seek him, he will put the desires in your heart that your heart is supposed to have. And so by seeking him, now the right desires are there. Therefore, the things that bubble up and that flow out of your mouth are the right words. Um, and I can say it like this and, I, and and making sure that I clarify that it's like, that doesn't mean that I always say the right things. I say a lot of the wrong things as well. And so um, it's that continual understanding of, of God's grace uh, in all of our lives and that you're going to have good days, stressful days, bad days, whatever. And, and uh, just continuing to remind yourself that it's like, but wait a minute, um, if what I said wasn't right, why wasn't it right? I had the wrong things in my heart. Why did I have the wrong things in my heart? Did I spend time with God today? No, I didn't. I got up and just got right into emails. Well, maybe I need to not do that again tomorrow. Right? <laughs> That's so good. And I love being able to look at the patterns in our lives and being able to just dissect them instead of beat them up. That's that's right. beautiful. And so right now, like you're you're in this crazy busy time with work and all these things that can feel like they're adding up and it can be stressful. What what is your big dream for your family? What is their future goal and their your hopes for your family? What does life look like? Yeah, that's, uh, that's a good question. Um, it, it's hard to paint the exact picture, but if I was going to paint it from an abstract perspective, right? Um, so I'm, I'm very myopic. Uh, when I was uh, in second grade um, is I think when I got glasses uh, for the first time. And uh, I don't remember this, but my dad tells me that he remembers me uh, just staring at a tree for the longest time, hours or something, right? And he came out and he's like, what are you doing? It's like, I've never seen leaves before. <laughs> I was like mesmerized by leaves. Um, and I think that that's true about how we can see, you know, visions of the future too, where it's like, I don't know maybe necessarily details about where I would see this, but like, I, I know abstractly like the colors and shapes that might be seen and what I'd like to see. Um, and and for that, I would say that it's like, it's a, a family that's close. Um, I'd love to be close to my my uh, wife and my, my girls uh, when they're older. Um, and I think that those are separate, like there's like close as a family, but close, uh, with the individuals as well. And, um, one of the things my, my wife and I talk about often that she, she's good about reminding me too, is that like, 
it is important uh, for us to, to pursue each other, not just total family time too, because there's a time when the kids are gone. And um, if we've only developed time as a, as a, as a whole, uh, then it could feel like, wait a minute, do I know who this person is outside of that? Right. And so um, trying to do date nights and things like that as well. Um, But I would say uh, otherwise, you know, making sure that we're still a close family. Uh, Ultimately, I want my girls to be, it's hard to say like success because I love the way that you, you, you have that on the podcast, but it's like, but, but I want to clearly define that. I want them to be successful, but I want to define what that means, which is um, I want them to be doing what God has called them to do. Um, and that can look very differently for each individual person. Um, uh, when I was in high school, I can remember my telling my mom, uh, it would have been a, I would have been a senior in high school. Uh, I told her I was going to go uh, live in Israel. Uh, and I was going to live in a cave, find a cave, and I was just going to read and pray for six days a week. And then I was going to come in uh, into Jerusalem and, and preach uh, every seventh day. Uh, and I, <laughs> I can remember my mom saying, well, yeah, that's not happening. Right? Like no mom's going to let her son do that uh, when he's a senior in high school. Um, but it's just what a beautiful desire, like, too, though. That's so cool. Sure. <laughs> well, what's funny about that, though, is just thinking that it's like, you know, where, where, what success means could be very different things at different periods of time in our life. And so uh, there may be a, a period of time where it, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're successful with um, being able to have kids or not, right? Like I would love for each of my daughters to be able to experience that. It's a beautiful thing, but if they don't get that opportunity, that doesn't mean that they're not successful. I would love for them to be able to like do something really cool with their their minds and their bodies and whatever. And like, you know, maybe, maybe they become a professional musician or something. My, my oldest talks about wanting to, you know, be a musician and um, you know, so it's like maybe maybe they, one of them is a professional musician. Maybe uh, you know, maybe another one is you know uh, uh, an evangelist or whatever. It's like I would love for them to be able to do, some, but but even if they don't do any of those things, that doesn't mean that they're not successful. It's like, but are they doing what God has called them to do? Which could be you know the most humble of of any uh, earthly uh, jobs or things or whatever. Um, but they feel in their heart that they are completely connected with what God has for them. That's that's the thing. Because I think there's a lot of times that we see people who are quote unquote, successful um, from a, from an earthly perspective, and they're absolutely miserable on the inside. And I think that, you know, a lot of that is just that wrestling with, yeah, but this isn't what God has called me to do. Um, so yeah. I think that that's a big part of it. Yeah, definitely needing to have that internal peace and confidence is a world of difference than having outside success in anything. If you don't have that internal peace, it, it doesn't matter. So that's so wonderful that as a father, you are aware of those things and you want those things for your daughters and you haven't already this predetermined, this is what your success looks like, but you're working on your own success on being fulfilled inside of your own soul. And that, that will enable them to have the tools to be able to do the same for themselves. So that that's, yeah. And, and and so here's what's wild about this, right? So like, and I, I want to go into this a little bit more because I think it's interesting to like paint this picture very clearly for anyone else that's listening. Um, Joseph uh, in the Technicolor Dreamcoat, right? Not really Technicolor, but Joseph in the coat of many colors in the Bible. Um, he ends up uh, ha- having this dream. And he's like, yeah, you know, I, I see this dream. All you brothers here, you guys are all bowing down to me. Uh, right. And it's like, his brothers are kind of a little bit angry and jealous with him. They're like, yeah, we don't like this. He's the youngest of 12. Um, and so they end up, you know, selling him into slavery. Um, and, and he's a slave and he's not a slave for a week. He's a slave for years. Right. That's, that's not very easy. If you're like, wait a minute, but God, I thought you called me to do this really great thing. 
Um, and, and here I am, you know, scrubbing toilets, uh, you know, for no pay of a slave or whatever. Um, that could be hard to wrestle with, but he was successful because it was right where God needed him and wanted him to be at that moment in time. And so let, let's keep fast forwarding. Right. So then he goes on from there. Um, and, and he likely probably complained a little bit. I'm sure most of us would, if we were in that situation, um, like, God, you know, like I thought you had big plans for me. Um, and then, and then he goes to jail, <laughs> like he goes to prison for something he didn't do. Um, and it's not like the jails that we have now. This is a horrible jail. And again, not for a week, not for a month, years. He's in jail for years. And he's like, okay, I take it back. Maybe I was more effective for you there. At least I had, was interacting with people and had that opportunity. God, like I'll, I'll take that life back. Right. Maybe. Yeah. Um, but, but all of that led to him being exactly where he needed to be, to be able to interpret Pharaoh's dream about this famine that was coming. Um, and so he ends up, you know, second in command of Egypt, which is, was essentially the known world at the time. Um, and then he goes from that to not, not just like living in the lap of luxury there. He's saving up food for the next seven years in preparation for this famine. That was likely a very demanding, high stress job that's followed up with another seven years of giving that food out to people and rationing it out. That wasn't likely very easy, right? Like people were probably very angry. And so you think about like what that meant for him, like what success meant for him. Um, it, it, success for him at that moment in time uh, meant that he was a slave, then he's in prison, then he's a workaholic, um, it's <laughs> likely stressed out. And so it's like, you know, that's a very different thing to say like, well, is that successful? Well, yes, he was doing what God wanted him to do. So just doing that doesn't always mean that it's going to be uh, glorious. Um, and it doesn't mean that it's not going to be stressful. It could be very hard to be doing that. Um, but, but still recognizing that it's like, but God is outside of our timeline and he knows what's, what's going on and he's aware. Um, and so uh, you can still rest contented in that. Yeah. Oh, so many good gems right there. And I love that you really dove into Joseph's story because it's such a good one. And there's so many parallels one. to our lives. Like, oh my gosh, I love too how you um, pointed out. I've never really thought about that, but like divvying out that food and collecting that food probably really was a super stressful, demanding job to not just your own right. family, but like the whole kingdom's welfare and neighboring right. villages, like that would be, that would be a lot. And then on top of that, his family comes back and he totally forgives them. He's like, I see the hand of God in this. So it's all good. Don't worry about it. And to be able to have such peace and such confidence, that is a true, that's true success. I love that. Yeah, so, and again, likely not a lot of peace. To, yeah. to be completely fair, like you have to, you have to continue to remind yourself of this because again, David uh, was where God wanted him to be. And we can read from the Psalms that, you know, he was out of his mind, not with a lot of peace all the time. Right. But he was exactly where God wanted him to be too. And so sometimes it's easy for us to get like YOLO, live in my best life. And it's like, but that might not necessarily always mean what we think it means too. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's such a good story. And there's so many things that we could go in there. I, I need to just have you come back onto the podcast so we can go into more stories. But before we end, I wanted to ask you, what's one thing that parents can start doing right now that has helped you to be able to have more confidence, to be able to have more fulfillment as a dad? Hmm. It's a good question. Um, to be, to be fair, I, I struggle with that oftentimes where I don't live up to my own expectations as a, as a father. Um, and so uh, I have these, you know, ideas of what I would like to do and it's, you know, very unrealistic and, and impractical. And so um, the, the thing that I think that is the best for me is my wife. Um, 
just so I'd say, you know, she's very good about like reminding me about like, yeah, but you know, here's what you are doing. And here, so speaking truth over, over uh, my life, it's very easy for us to believe the lies that Satan is going to speak into our ears. And so um, I'd say that the biggest thing for me is, you know, surround yourself with somebody who is going to be that person who's going to speak truth back into your ears when, when Satan is whispering lies. Yeah, definitely. I really, really appreciate that. Um, I think so often right now we we're definitely in a world that um, it is good to be self-sufficient and to be self-sured and, and we definitely need all those tools within ourselves. But I think in an effort to broadcast that we we devalueize if that's word um, the connections that we have with our spouse, with our kids, with those people in our lives that listen to them, like listen to the truths that they are speaking and rely on those in the times where you can't rely on your own thoughts. So thank you. Yeah. That was beautifully put. Well, everybody listening, I know that you have been able to get so many golden gems and walk away with so many things that you can start doing right now for your family and being able to incorporate just the word of God, for one, we've been able to talk about that. I love when we get to talk about God, but also um, the fact that business and family life is, it is an ebb and flow and it is okay to have uh, dips and those dips are enabling you to have those good moments as well. So thank you, William, for coming on here. For those who want to connect with you and be a part of your e-commerce business and have your help inside their business, which they totally should because people who have your help do very well and are very successful. And there's, William has an amazing track record. So seriously, if anybody needs help in that department um, with advertising, go look up his services. He will help you out. He is um, a pro (laughs) at what he does. So William, where can they go to check you out? Yeah. uh, The best place is probably just go to what the website, which is uh, element spelled E-L-U-M-Y-N-T.com. Um, if you go there, you can fill out the form to work with us. Uh, otherwise, you can follow a lot of the things that I'm saying on Twitter. Um, I'm at William Harris 101, which is W M H A R R I S 101. Um, check me out there. Check me out on LinkedIn. There's a lot of places. I write on Entrepreneur, Fast Company, um, plenty of opportunity. Awesome. And I will definitely include those links in the show notes. So look there. Look over his bio in the show notes as well if you want to get a better feel for who he is and what he does. Because people like William, we need more of in this world. So thank you again, William, for coming. And we will see you all next time. Thank you again for being a part of our podcast family and for the difference you are making right now in the world and in the walls of your own home. If you're wanting to support parents everywhere, you can do that by leaving a rate and review. This helps so many find connection and answers they are searching for. Also, don't forget to go to wandahoward.com and get your own free parenting blueprint. I love you all and we will see you next time.